Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Amen. My Bible is open to 1 Chronicles chapter number 13. 1 Chronicles chapter number 13. And in just a moment, I'll begin reading at verse number 1. 1 Chronicles chapter number 13 and verse number 1. It says, Then day, I'm reading from a New King James Version. It says, Then David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you, and if it is of the Lord our God, let us send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in the land of Israel and with them to the priests and Levites who are in their cities and their common lands that they may gather together to us. Verse 3, and let us bring the ark of our God back to us. For we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul. Skip down to verse number 7. Verse number 7 says, so they carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. Then David and all Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on string instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came to Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and he struck him because he put out his hand to the ark and he died there before God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and therefore that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. Verse 12, David was afraid of God that day, saying, how can I bring the ark of God to me? I know we're waiting on where is the good news. I want to talk to you from this subject tonight, recalibrate. Everybody say that. Recalibrate. Of course, calibrate means, listen to this, to adjust 
precisely for a particular function or use. It means to measure against a standard. So to recalibrate means to do it again. To readjust precisely for a particular function or use or to measure it against a particular standard. Calibration is the process of comparing a reading on one piece of equipment or system with another piece of equipment that has been calibrated and referenced to a known set of parameters. The equipment used as a reference should itself be directly traceable to equipment that has been uh, calibrated to a known or national standard. For instance, in the food industry, within catering or commercial kitchens, the implications of using a piece of equipment that has not been calibrated could be that food is not at the right temperature and therefore it's incorrectly measured, which could result in a food safety issue. Or code violation, customers being ill, of course, you can get a notice of closure, and for all my attorneys, there's going to be some legal action because <laughs> you made me sick because you didn't measure your stuff right. As a result, that business is damaged. In First Chronicles chapter number 13, David here is experiencing a failure. He's experiencing a failure because he desired to bring the ark of God back to Israel. Uh, and he, as we're going to see, had to go through a recalibration process. Let's pick up this narrative. And I submit to you that there are many of us in here today who have to go through, listen to this, a recalibration to be set to the standard that God has. Because many of us, we have not adhere to the standard, we simply move the target. And what God wants to produce is people that are calibrated to his standard. And so I, I believe there's hope tonight because, listen to me, God loves you so much that he's not going to let you stay right there. And I believe that there are lessons that we can learn during the recalibration process. Here's the first lesson. Listen to this carefully. And, and then I want you to write it down. We learned that just because I have the what does not mean I have the how. Let me say it again. Just because I have the what does not mean I have the house. Say that with me, please. Just because I have the what does not mean I have the how. So, understand, here we are, we read where David had a good idea. He wanted to bring God's art back to Israel. That's the what. 
And so he said, okay, let's go ahead and get everybody together and let us bring the ark of God. And verse number seven says, this is the issue. They carried the ark of God on a new cart. Where did they get that idea from? Where did they all of a sudden say, we need to, in fact, some translations say they drove the cart. They drove that ark on a new cart. They got that from 1 Samuel chapter number 6. You can write this down in in, in verse number 7 and 8 because the Philistines had taken the ark of God and they put the ark of God in with their God, Dagon. And every time they'd wake up in the morning, they'd find Dagon face down. They'd set Dagon back up. They'd wake up the next morning and Dagon had to bow. Every knee. And so they wake up the next morning and then they begin having all of these difficult circumstances happening to them. And then they finally got together and said, what in the world is going on? We got, he's messing with Dagon. Dagon is gone. He's bowing down. We have to set our God back up. Our God's falling down. And then they said, the issue is the the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. They said, let's get rid of it. And so the Bible says that they got some old milk cows and they put milk cows together and they got a got the cart and they put the cart and they said, what we're going to do, we're going to send these cows away because we got to get this Ark away from us. Because they had all kind of difficulties breaking loose with them. Now, Fast forward, when we get here in First Chronicles chapter 13, you see Israel doing the same thing that the Philistines did. They begin to look at what other folks do, and then they begin to order their lives according to what the other folks, I'm just saying, read what the what the text says right here. And see, in other words, he, they listen to this. They were doing the right thing, but they were doing it the wrong way. And I submit to you that there are those of us, we are doing the right thing. The issue is not what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. I submit to you that there are those of us sitting in this room tonight, we have been doing the right thing. We've been trying to do this thing right, but we have not been doing it the wrong, the right way. We've been doing the right thing, but doing it the wrong way. Uh-uh, okay, let me, let me give you an example. Well, they live together, so we might as well, too. Because, you know, we got we to gotta see. I don't know what you got to see, but you're trying to see. 
I didn't say touch a neighbor. I just said look straight. I didn't say anything about touching anybody or looking at anybody. All I'm saying is we're trying to do the right thing. We got the what? But we're stuck on how. We're doing it the wrong way. Mighty quiet in this church tonight. Y'all were shouting, I made it just a minute ago. I got up here and all the juice just left the building. What happened? <laughs> oh, it's going to be right up in here tonight. I feel it already. So, 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 listen, listen, listen. David was literally devastated because, wait a minute, him doing this thing the wrong way. It, listen to this. He went and he said, I don't know how to do this thing, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. As a result of him not doing it the right way, Uzzah died. So what I'm getting at is there are dire consequences for you doing something just because you want to do it and you're going to do it, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. I don't care what they say. Can't nobody tell me what to do. All right, let me go on. I got I to gotta keep plowing tonight. Now, 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 when we look at this text, we look at this text, the text tells us that the, the ark, David said, let's set it aside. They took it to this guy's name, Obed-Edom's house. But what I love about God is this. God loves you. God loved David. God says, David, just because you have had a failed situation does not make you a failure. Just because you've had a failed situation does not make you a failure. And so when you, here's the second thing that I want you to learn is this. David, when you look in chapter number 14, verses 1 and 2, uh, it, it, get right to verse number 2. Verse 2 says, so David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel. For his kingdom was highly exalted for the sake of his people, Israel. Here's the second thing. David learned during this recalibration process that God's hand is still on me. Come on, say that. God's hand is still on me. Say it again. Now, when you look at this text, it says in verse number two that David knew that the Lord had established him as king. When you look at that same verse in the New Living Translation, it says, and David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and greatly blessed his kingdom for the sake of the people Israel. What are you saying? You may have had a failure, and God's not going to let you get stuck there because it wasn't that David was doing the wrong thing. He had the what, he just didn't have the how. And so God says, I need to remind you that my hand is still on you. So wait a minute. While in the midst of all of this, all of a sudden, David started to blow up. David, after his failure, 
God began to raise him up and give his kingdom amazing notoriety after his failure. What are you saying? You got to realize that God's hand is still on you. I may have experienced some difficult times, but God's hand is still on me. Mm -hmm. I may have encountered some public embarrassment, but God's hand is still on me. So people may look at what I have experienced and they don't understand why God's doing what he's doing. And the truth of the matter is, I don't either. All I know is his hand is still on me. His, come on, say his hand is still on me. I know I did it. I'm guilty and his hand is still on me. I was wrong and his hand is still on me. I talked about what I didn't need to talk about or I did not talk about what I should have talked about but his hand I didn't treat him right but his hand I was ugly to him but his hand oh some of y'all don't want to say amen to that you need to come and raise one hand and say thank you Lord that his hand is still on you. Why you say that? Because I know and you know that there is nobody in here that's good 24-7. There is nobody in here that's good, that's got it together all the time and you never do anything wrong. That's why I love the fact that he said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. My hand's still going to be on you. Now you can touch somebody and say, you know his hand's still on me, right? Come on, tell somebody, you know his hand is still on me. I don't know why, but his hand is still on me. He's still blessing me. I don't understand it. He's still doing great things. I don't understand it. I got some do wrong in me, and his hand is still on me. When I know I need to have some do right in me, and his hand is still on me. Come on, see his hand is still on me. David knew, David perceived, David got to a place he realized, God, you're still in this. <laughs> you're still here. So, first lesson I told you so far that we learned during this time of recalibration, the first lesson is that just because I have the what does not mean I have the how. The second lesson is that I learned is God's hand is still on me. Can we go on? Another important lesson, I believe this is a pivotal lesson that we have to learn during a recalibration process. During this process, I have to learn to inquire of God. When you look in chapter number 14, you begin to see something very interesting. Well, what are you saying? When you look down, it says in verse number eight, now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went to search for David and David heard of it and went out against them. Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Rephaim. And David, here it is, what did he do? Come on, say it, he inquired of God. 
he inquired of God saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said to him, go up for I will deliver them into your hand. When you look at it, it says, so they went up to Baal Parasium, and David defeated them there. Then God said, God has broken through my enemies. David said, God has broken through my enemies, my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of the place Baal Parasium. Now, understand something. He had to inquire of God. To inquire means to ask. It means to consult. It means that you stop praying and start listening. Meaning you pray, you just don't pray, but you make sure that as I pray, I'm hearing what God says. There's some of us, we are attacking the old problem the same old way because we've not inquired of God. Look at somebody say inquire of God. When we look at this, David inquired of God. And as a result of him inquiring of God, God gave him a breakthrough. All my teachers, you're going to love this. All my teachers, those who love the word of God, listen to this. Listen to this. this. This is for you. The name of this place is called Baal Parasium. And what Baal Parasium means, it means master of breakthroughs. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go back to chapter number 13 and verse number 11. The place where Uzzah touched the ark and died was called Perez Uzzah to this day. That means outburst against. Perez Uzzah means outburst against. But once he inquired of God, he got a breakthrough. Where God had broken out against him, now God is breaking through for him. The difference between God breaking out against you and breaking through for you is your inquiry. Your inquiring of God, saying, God, you got to show me what to do. Oh, let me bring it home. God, you got to show me what to do with these kids. You got to show me what to do on this job. You got to show me what to do in this marriage. You got to show me what to do with this finances. Lord, I don't know. how. You humble yourself. You begin to say, God, I cannot do this without you. And my friend, what I found out, he will answer you. Now, 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 now. You've got to make a habit of inquiring of God. Wait a minute. Back to chapter number 14. Is it okay to teach on? Okay, just, just wanted to make sure. Now, 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 now. When you look further down... It says in chapter number 14, um, verse 12, and when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment that they burn, were burned with fire. Then the Philistines once again made a raid on the valley. Therefore, David inquired, of God, inquired again of God. And God said to him, you shall not go up. 
Wait a minute. When you look at verse number uh, 10, it says go up. But when you look down at verse number 14, it says you shall not go up. What are you saying? Never make an assumption about the instruction God gives. Are you getting it? What I'm saying is this. There are those of us who, through our neglect, can make an assumption, neglect to inquire. We say, well, he did it like this before. And so he's going to do it like that again. Don't you bop God in? You say, well, you know, I was able to pay that bill off and we did it in one year. God could do it in one week. Let me me give you an example. Famous example. Moses raised your rod and the waters part. Joshua, strike the, uh, step in the waters and the waters part. Elijah, strike the waters and the waters part. Jesus walked on the water. Disciples got in a boat. The point is, don't box. (laughs) Do you understand? So don't make an assumption. There are those of us, you have already made some predeterminations about 2019 based upon 2018. But I'm here to tell you, inquire of God. Inquire of God. Because we don't want to be presumptuous. Now, 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 now. All right, all right, all right. We, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. So the lessons that we've learned through, during this time of recalibration is, is that just because I have the what does not mean I have the how. The second lesson I learned is God's hand is still on me. The third lesson is I learned to inquire of God. Here's the fourth lesson. The fourth lesson that I learned is this. God has a way to accomplish the task. God does have a way to accomplish the task. He never called you to anything that he hadn't figured out already how he wants it done. Well, where do you get that from? Let's skip over to chapter number 15. Chapter number 15 of 1 Chronicles. So, uh, when you look at it, verse number 2 says, Then David said, No one may carry the ark of God but the Levites. For the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him forever. Skip down to verse number 13. Verse 13 of chapter 15. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God has broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. I did not consult him about the proper order. In the New International Version, verse number 13 reads like this. 
It was because of you, the Levites, did not bring it up the first time that the Lord our God broke out in anger against us. We did not inquire of him about how to do it in the prescribed way. The New Living Translation of that same verse says this, because you Levites did not carry the ark the first time. The anger of the Lord our God burst out against us. We failed to ask God how to move it properly. Now, again, what what I'm saying is this. God already had a prescribed way to get the ark moved. It was never to be driven on a cart. God had prescribed for the priests and the Levites, and they were to make sure that they didn't drive the presence of God, but they carried the presence of God. That's what we have to learn. Let me just take a little little side trip here. You can't drive God around. You have to carry him. You carry his presence. And so they begin to get up, and they begin to understand God, not just what you want done, but how you want it done. And God told them, I want the Levites to carry this. You know what they had to do? All they had to do was go back, look at the word, and do what it said. What are you talking about? It was already written in the law, the prescribed way that this thing was to be done. They had to go back and see what the book said and start doing what the book said. It's amazing what happened when you do the book. It's amazing what happened. Go, go back, find out what the book says, what the, what the word says, and then simply do what the word says. Because God already has a way. This is what I found out. He'll make a promise to you. He'll show you a snapshot of your future. He won't show you everything. He'll just show you that snapshot. What he won't show you is all the trails to get there. He won't all show you all the twists and the turns. He'll just show you. He, you can take the snapshot and you'll see it and then you'll say, this is what I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. But then he'll have to back you up and navigate you. Because listen to me, he's already seen how you're going to get it done. There are some of oh. There's some of us right now, we're at a place of frustration because we're fighting against God's due order. You're at a place of discouragement because you're fighting against God's due order. But when you begin to find out what it is, just simply do it. I've, I've, seen, I've seen people get mad in church and because, you know, they don't like what's going on in the church and they'll go start a church. But just because you're mad in the church doesn't give you grace to pastor. Anger does not manufacture a calling. 
I've seen people get up and do strength. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do something and we're just going to go out there and do it rather than saying, God, what is it that you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Um, I had to ask God. I said, God, you got to show me how to love this woman. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'd never been, I, I hadn't been married before. I didn't know what to do. And I asked because I'm inquiring of him. You, I know you want me to love her. But how in the world am I going to do that? Are you understanding? Not that she was so difficult. It was, I was, I just didn't trust people that were so nice. I'm serious. You're like, what, you know, all this stuff? She's trying to trick me. <laughs> and then once we got past all of that, I had to ask God. I said, God, give, please give me grace. Please help me. Please help me. I pray. And I'm asking you, I need your help. I need your help. And he began to show me his way. Are you understanding that? You get it? 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 Wave at me if you get it. Okay, okay, now, 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 now. All right, here we go. Let me land the plane. Not only that, uh, uh, he, he, when you look at it, all these lessons he learned, he, he found out that just because I have the what does not mean I have the how, and God's hand is still on me, I need to inquire of God, and I, and, and I, I have, have to understand God has a way to accomplish the task. I, I, I can't get off of this. Somebody in here right now, there you, where you are right now, you you know that it's time for a promotion, but you're going about it the wrong way. And God's going to open it up to you. Let his favor just rest upon you so that the promotion can come according to his way. Listen, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. Anything that you originate, you got to maintain. Let's move on. Okay, so he, here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. I learn that I can expect God's help. Come on, say expect God's help. All right, here we go. Here's the New Year's Eve stuff right here. Verse number 26 of chapter 15. Thank you so much for indulging the word tonight. It says, and so it was. Well, back up to 25. 25. So David, the elders of Israel, and the captains over thousands went up to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom with joy. Verse 26. And so it was when God helped the Levites who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord that they offered seven bulls and seven rams. Stop right there. When they finally got it right, when they finally got God's due order, his proper way, after he had, they had inquired of him, the Bible says God helped them. 
now, now, now. Ooh, I looked up this word help. The word help means to surround, protect, and aid. The word help means to surround, protect, and aid. Come on, say that. The word help means to what? Surround, protect, and aid. Now, I'm not talking about man surrounding, protecting, and aiding. I'm talking about God Almighty coming on the scene of what he's asked you to do and surrounding, protecting, and aiding. Wait a minute. So that means that anybody that begins to go against you while you are doing what God asks you to do, the way he asks you to do it, they're not fighting against you. They're fighting against God because God is surrounding, protecting, and aiding. You understand what I'm saying? So anybody that's mouthing and talking about you while you're doing what God wants you to do, the way he wants you to do it, they're not just talking about you. They're talking against God because he's the one surrounding, protecting, and aiding. Listen to me. This is what I found out. When people begin to come against you, the enemy try to use people to oppose you. What they run into is the grace and the call and all that that's on your life because you do it. Not, I'm not talking about preaching. I'm not talking about the call to preach. When you are called to do a particular thing. That's what I'm talking about. They run into God because he is surrounding, protecting, and aiding. So now, God wants your family to be together. Enemies try to come against you, but guess what he's running into? God, because God is and aiding you. Now, when we look at this, says, verse 28, thus all Israel brought up the ark of the, of the covenant of the Lord with shouting, with the sound of the horn, with trumpets and cymbals, making music with string instruments and harps. And it happens as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David whirling and playing music and she despised him in her heart. Everybody's not going to be excited about you breaking through. <laughs> but j- j- you jot the scripture down. Jot the scripture down. David, 2 Samuel records the same story. 2 Samuel chapter number 6, verse, when you get down to it, uh, you'll see David's respond in verse number 21 of 2 Samuel 6. It says, so David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your daddy and all his house. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 21. Your daddy didn't make this. And he appointed me ruler over the people of the Lord Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. 
verse 22 of 2 Samuel chapter number 6 says this, and I will be even more undignified than this. Please put that up on the screens. 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 22. 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 22. It says, and I will, listen to this, chapter 22, I will be more undignified than this. You thought that I was cutting up. You keep messing with me. I'll turn this place out on you. I'll embarrass you so. I'll dance before my God. I'll jump. I'll leap. I'll praise God in the midst of all of the dignified folk. All of the folk who think they got it going on. I tell you what. Sometimes we wait for a feeling to praise God. I want us to just do it by faith. Can you do it right now? Jump up and praise God. I said jump up and praise God. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.